Across America, leftists, many of whom certainly did not vote for Hillary Clinton, took to the streets to protest against Donald Trump's election. In L.A., they tagged police cars with the graffiti F. Trump. In New York, Lady Gaga led protests at Trump Tower, which is just awesome. In Philadelphia, unhinged leftists tagged a window with swastikas and the slogan, Sieg Heil 2016. Protests also broke out in Chicago and Boston and other major cities. The media naturally played down violence and arrests. In Chicago, for example, five people were arrested. The Chicago Tribune headline said five arrested after largely peaceful Trump protests downtown. I don't remember that headline about the Tea Party. Ten arrested after largely peaceful Tea Party event. Republican Tea Parties who were entirely peaceful never received this kind of treatment. But these protests raise a couple of questions. First, why? When Barack Obama won re-election in 2012, conservatives were deeply depressed. We didn't hold mass protests. Elections are elections. We protested Obamacare. We protested TARP. We protested executive amnesty. We did not protest the election itself. And President-elect Trump, whom, by the way, I opposed throughout the primaries and didn't vote for during the general, and I think he's a bad person, but he hasn't done anything yet. I think he's an objectionable... Again, I don't think he's a good person, but his vi- and his victory doesn't change that. But as I wrote yesterday, I hope he proves me wrong about that. And I'm going to give him a chance to prove me wrong about all of that. But no matter what you think about Trump as a person, he hasn't done anything yet as president. He's not president yet. He's president-elect. So what are they protesting other than reality? Do they think that Donald Trump is sitting there going, oh, they're protesting. I guess I won't be president now. Or is he actually just going to bathe in their salty, bitter tears? Second, what comes after this? If the Democrats are protesting Trump before he even does anything, what can we expect when he actually begins acting as president? Will the left begin engaging in mass violence beyond mere protest? The left's histrionic rioting helped generate exactly the sort of anger that led to a President Trump. Their continued rioting won't get him reelected. Trump won because Americans didn't show up for Hillary, not because of some enormous surge for Trump, who actually may end up winning fewer popular votes than Mitt Romney. But it certainly will not convince Americans to join the idiotic, ridiculous, and stupid anti-Trump crowd. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Okie doke. So... Here we are. So much to get to today and so, so much hilarity. I mean, I, they promised hilarity and, and hilarity shall be delivered. I mean, we, we were promised a circus. The clowns are all here. It's, it's, it's just fantastic all the way across the board. I promise we'll get to all of it. First, we have to say hello to our friends over at Birch Gold. So if in these uncertain times you are worried about the economy, uh, I think, honestly, I'm a little less worried about the economy now than I was before, but I'm more worried about the Fed raising the interest rates, which would, which would send real estate and the stock market plummeting. If, that, if you're worried about those sorts of things, you need to hedge your bets with birchgold.com. Birchgold.com slash Ben. And uh, you, you go there and you get a free, uh, you get a free kit. It's like a 16-page kit about investing in precious metals. Uh, they have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. They can help you shift your IRA or 401k into precious metals without tax consequences. Again, these are the folks I would trust if I were investing in, in precious metals, and I do. It's birchgold.com slash Ben. Okay, so uh, I have to say that everything is just hysterically funny. Everything has now entered. We've re- entered the realm of, of the absurd, and uh, we are and we are beyond anything remotely resembling reality. I, this alternative reality that we entered into about 15 months ago now is going to continue for four years. And what's bizarre about this alternative reality is that people like me, who think that Donald Trump is uh, is basically a, a bad person. We're rooting eagerly for him to do some pretty good things, and I think he's going to do some some pretty good things, particularly early in his presidency. But we'll get to that in a minute. First, we have to get to the story of the day. It's just, <laughs> oh my God, Donald Trump goes to the White House. President-elect Trump, President-elect Donald Trump, <laughs> President-elect Donald Trump goes to the White House. 
to meet the outgoing president, Barack Obama. And it is just glorious. It is it, you know, justice can be done through weird channels. This is true. Like I don't think that Donald Trump has met justice for all of the all of the terrible things he did during the primaries in the general. But he is delivering justice, uh, like Wyatt Earp in Tombstone, to to President Obama. Imagine Barack Obama. And your image of yourself is you're this great statesperson. You are a wonderful thinker. You are a deep man. You are a transformative president, the first black president in American history. You're a man who acts with the dignity of Martin Luther King and the, and the forethought of Gandhi. You are just God's gift to the world. And your successor, who's going to wipe out all of the things that you did, all of them, is a reality TV show star you consider to be an illiterate orangutan. And that's what just happened at the White House. <laughs> look at that picture. Oh, my God. Look, look at this. Look at, look at this. This is everything. This, this picture is everything. Oh, oh, it's phenomenal. Okay, so for those who are, who are going to be listening to this on the podcast later and can't actually see this and can't actually see this picture. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's Donald Trump giving the Trump finger to the press. <laughs> It's so great. Trump giving the Trump finger to the press, the same finger that he used to fire Omarosa. He's giving to the press right now, sitting next to Barack Obama, who looks like he had a rod ram straight up his ass. And he is just sitting, Obama is sitting stark straight in his chair and gazing off into the distance like a Vietnam War vet who saw all of his buddies get blown away. And then behind them, behind them is a bust of Abraham Lincoln frowning at the floor. <laughs> oh my God! Abraham Lincoln mourning for his country. Abraham Lincoln, who it turns out came back to life just to shoot himself in the back of the head, because this is this is what oh my God! This is what America has become. It's just it's phenomenal. Come on, I, I can't. <laughs> oh my God! So again, this is this is Barack Obama's worst nightmare come to life. This is all the nightmares rolled into one. It is all of the nightmares. And they are all wonderfully coming true for Barack Obama. And here's another picture. Uh, oh, my God. You see the Statue of Liberty, the picture of the, sta the painting, the Statue of Liberty in the background as her torch goes out. <laughs> and you see Barack Obama sitting there, this guy who thinks that he is the God King of the United States, the man who is supposed to be the great leader who restored America to dignity and wonder. And there's Barack Obama leaning into camera looking like he wants to die. And Donald Trump sitting there like, Give me a birth certificate right now, or Obamacare's on the table. It's just every bit of justice that Obama deserved is all the things. It's all of them. I, I, I can't stand Donald Trump, as you know, on a personal level. I think that he's going to do some good things as president, or at least I hope he will, and I'm willing to, to, I'm willing to give him time to change as a man. But the fact that he is who he is is what makes this wonderful. If this had just been Marco Rubio accepting from Barack Obama, justice has not been done. The fact that it is Donald Trump accepting from Barack Obama is what makes this so wonderful. Because it is Donald Trump, a man who is a reality TV show clown man, him accepting from a guy who considers himself to be the most dignified human ever to walk the earth. And look at this handshake. Trump treating it like like he's about to like he's about to take the presidency of the United States and Obama looking at him like I can't believe that this is in the mirror. And that's really what this is about. Because Obama's vision of himself, this is the truth about Obama and Trump. Trump is just Obama without some of the trappings. 
Not with regard to policy, with regard to personality. And the way I say this is that they're both narcissists, obviously, but beyond that, the reality TV show star nature of Donald Trump, and yes, I mean, this whole campaign was a reality TV show. That reality TV show star, the fact that a reality TV show star is now the president-elect of the United States, that is a direct reflection of the fact that Barack Obama was a celebrity reality TV show star for eight years. That's what this is. I mean, for example, here is Barack Obama. We'll do selfie stick Barack here. And this is the president of the United States, right? This is, and there are those of us who said at the time, this is undignified. This is not what the presidency is for. You got Barack Obama winking to himself in the selfie stick. You got Barack Obama hanging out in Hollywood every five minutes. I mean, he shuts down traffic in LA where we are every week. He's out here doing Jimmy Kimmel. You got Barack Obama doing this routine where he where he is uh, doing interviews with Glozell, right? The lady who the lady who bathes in Fruit Loops, right? He is a reality TV show star. He is a celebrity. It's why his popularity ratings are high, and it's why he and it's it, for the same reason his popularity ratings are high, but his policies mean nothing. That's how you get Donald Trump, because you go from reality TV show star to reality TV show star. Obama doesn't see himself that way, but that's who he is, and you can see it. So, you know, we'll skip ahead a little bit. You guys can grab clip 22. So this is, so this is Barack Obama reading mean tweets on Jimmy Kimmel. And this, again, this is everything. This is, you want to know how Donald Trump got to be president of the United States. It's all right here in this small clip from Jimmy Kimmel with Barack Obama. President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. <laughs> well, at real Donald Trump, at least I will go down as a president. Right now, a historic moment. Uh, we can now project the winner of the presidential race. CNN projects Donald Trump wins the presidency. The business tycoon, a TV personality, camping oh is a probable political journey. That's justice right there. That is justice coming in the form of Donald Trump to Barack Obama, and justice is indeed sweet. It may, you know, again, do I think it's good for the country that we now have a reality TV show star running it? Uh, I'll wait till, see, till I see his policies. Do I think that he's somebody who would strike me as qualified for the office? No. As I said to my wife, you've studied for years and years and years to be a doctor. If somebody made the head of your hospital a guy who had once played Operation, then you'd have a right to be then then you'd have a right to be slightly worried about it or slightly concerned about it. Maybe he'll do some good stuff. But that's but but by the same token, when it comes to just justice for Barack Obama, just justice for Barack Obama, karma, it is spectacular, spectacular. And it wasn't just by the way that tweet. Again, the the tweet there. He's on Kimmel. He reads a Trump tweet saying he'll never be, and then he says you'll never be president and drops it on Kimmel as a reality star. You're only on Kimmel if you're a reality star. Right? He is a reality star, and he's replaced by a reality star, and you can see all of his visions of himself shattering in those pictures with Donald Trump. Uh, and, and it's not just that. right? I mean, it's, it's Seth Meyers taunting Donald Trump about Barack Obama. Um, this, is, uh, this is, I think, clip 23. Um, it's just, here's Seth Meyers is at the White House Correspondents' Dinner in 2011. Same deal. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. <laughs> And there's Trump sitting there, right? It wasn't a joke. It wasn't a joke. Donald Trump often appears on Fox, which is ironic, because a fox often appears on Donald Trump's head. <laughs> if you're at the Washington Post table with Trump and you can't finish your entree, don't worry, the fox will eat it. <laughs> Gary Busey said recently that Donald Trump would make a great president. Of course, he said the same thing about an old rusty birdcage he found. 
Donald Trump owns the Miss USA pageant, which is great for Republicans because it will streamline their search for a vice president. Now, I know that he's taken some flack lately, but no one is happier, no one is prouder to put this birth certificate matter to rest than the Donald. And that's because he can finally get back to focusing on the issues that matter. Like, did we fake the moon landing? What really happened in Roswell? And where are Biggie and Tupac? All kidding aside, obviously we all know about your credentials and breadth of experience. Um, for example, uh, no, seriously, just recently, in an episode of Celebrity Apprentice, at the steakhouse, the men's cooking team uh, did not impress the judges from Omaha Steaks. And there was a lot of blame to go around, but you, Mr. Trump, recognized that the real problem was a lack of leadership. And so ultimately, you didn't blame Little John or Meatloaf. You fired Gary Busey. And these are the kind of decisions that would keep me up at night. Okay, there's Barack Obama being a reality TV show star at the White House Correspondence Center, making fun of Donald Trump, doing it on Kimmel, making fun of Donald Trump. All of this is why Donald Trump is where Donald Trump is. The only way that you get to this level with the American presidency is because we've been there before, and we were there before in the form of a guy who thinks of himself as a dignified man who can sneer at Donald Trump. So I just had to I just had to point out the absolute hilarity and wonder of it because it truly is amazing and wonderful. We have to break for just a second. Say hello to our friends over at Hint Water. So this water is delicious, Hint Water. Uh, it's, it's, it's just water. It's not sugar. Uh, they don't put artificial flavoring in there. It's all natural. Um, but you taste just a smidgen of flavor of, of these various flavors. It's, it's really, really good stuff. My daughter loves it. I love it. My wife loves it. It started by a gal named Kara Golden. She was, uh, she was overweight, and she'd been drinking diet soda, and she decided that she wanted to actually create a better-tasting water because water tasted boring, and it does. It tastes boring. And, uh, and so she created Hint. It's really good stuff. Right now, you can get a single variety pack shipped to your door for 15 bucks at drinkhint.com slash Ben drinkhint.com slash Ben and normally that's 24 bucks you get it for 15 if you use the slash Ben and that's pineapple watermelon crisp apple and blackberry it's drinkhint.com slash Ben this stuff is really 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 good I enjoy it. people in the office didn't even know they were an advertiser and they're walking around drinking these bottles uh, it really is first rate okay so that's on the hilarious side on the hilarious side uh, there is Donald Trump visiting the White House and demonstrating in full karmic effect what Barack Obama is to the world, and it's just glorious. On the other comedic side, there are a bunch of anti-Trump protesters who have been going around making jerks of themselves, uh, and, uh, and they look like fools. And it does demonstrate what Trump is up against in the sense that the left has already pre-decided that he's going to be awful, and they're going to oppose anything he does. Uh, and that's not a shock, but I'm old enough to remember when Rush Limbaugh said that he hoped Barack Obama would fail and that his agenda would fail, and the left thought that was unpatriotic and awful. I guess we're back to the era of dissent being patriotic again. Here's a video of some anti-Trump protesters yesterday. There will be casualties on both sides. There will be because people have to die to make a change in this world. But Trump, enough with your racism. Stop splitting families. Let, don't split my family. Okay, and then she eventually said people, you know, she says people are going to have to die on both sides. Yeah, lady, I don't see you, you doing the dying. And, and all these people who say they're going to participate in violent protest, 
Yeah, there was a lot of talk that Donald Trump supporters would be violent. All the people who voted for Donald Trump were people who were very ticked at Barack Obama. None of them rioted after Barack Obama won in 2012. Uh, but Democrats get to get away with anything. UCSD, University of California, San Diego, you're seeing some of the same sort of stuff. Here's some of the students protesting. I think this is last night. <laughs> think this is going to accomplish? Nothing. It's not going to accomplish anything other than to toxify Trump before he even is able to do a single thing in office, uh, which is really quite despicable. Now, you're free, you're free to do all this stuff. It's your prerogative. But the idea that Donald Trump is, is going to suddenly resign his office because a bunch of whiny college students have decided they don't want to accept the results of a duly enacted election, uh, that's, that's utter foolishness. And, and these things continue. Here's another anti-Trump protest breaking out, and it's from Mediaite. I'm here because my ancestors came to this country a hundred years ago and they knew people who were burned in factory fires and people like Donald Trump would have let them die and not allowed factory safety legislation to take place. and see how many of them who are protesting the elections, see how many of them actually voted. I guarantee you a bunch of these people didn't vote. A bunch of these people didn't vote, and now they're, and now they're ticked off because they don't like the results of the election. It's getting uglier than that. This is a video of, uh, apparently, the reportedly, a Trump voter being dragged from his car and beaten. Uh, this, this has been making the rounds as well. This is, uh, you can see these are a couple of black youths uh, beating a white guy up uh, after pulling him from his car. And he must have had a Trump bumper sticker, and that's how they know, something along those lines. Uh, and they're punching him and beating him. Uh, if that's the direction this country is going to go because of Trump, tr first of all, I don't think that Donald Trump uh, is, is, going to, is going to stand for that. Uh, and that's one of the reasons Donald Trump was elected, and that's a very good thing. Nobody should stand for this kind of crap. This sort of stuff has to stop. And if the left continues to do this, the backlash that, that the left saw in 2012 is going to be a hell of a lot larger in 2016. Okay, well, we have to break uh, for, for Facebook and YouTube, unfortunately. If you want to watch the rest live, go over to dailywire.com, dailywire.com. $8 a month will get you your subscription. It means that you can also view our website without ads. It means that, that you can view my show live, be part of the mailbag. We have the mailbag today, which is exciting. Uh, it means that uh, you can get Andrew Clavin's show live as well, and you can be part of his mailbag. And we have new goodies every day. If you're an annual subscriber, then you go there right now. You get a signed copy of my new novel, True Allegiance. Uh, and you can, you can be a part of the largest conservative podcast in the United States. Media do have a role, clearly, in ginning up the sort of violence uh, and, and the protests that you're seeing today. The media cannot believe, of course, that Donald Trump won. Not in the way that I'm disbelieving, like, I can't believe he won. This is the craziest thing that's ever happened in American politics, because it is. But in the way that I can't believe that all of these racist, terrible people drove Donald Trump to election. First of all, can we debunk the notion that racism is what got Trump elected? Racism didn't get Trump elected. Virtually all of the counties that switched for Donald Trump went blue for Barack Obama two times. Wisconsin went blue for Obama twice. Michigan went blue for Obama twice. Pennsylvania went blue for Obama twice. Weren't these people racist five seconds ago? Apparently now they're racist, even though they voted against the old white lady. Uh, so that's that's a really ridiculous argument on its face. But it doesn't matter. The the, the PBS, the, over at PBS, uh, one of the hosts says that this is all just voter hatred and revenge. Love and justice lost last night 
hatred and revenge won last night. There's no doubt about the fact, as the president suggested, Donald Trump is our president-elect. That is, to my mind, Lawrence, his opportunity, and it is our reality. We have to accept that. But just as sure as Donald Trump won last night, so did racism, so did sexism, so did classism, and so did militarism. Okay, so he says that it's, it's, all, it's all just bad people. It's all just bad, 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 terrible, terrible people. So we will see what the, so we'll see, you know, how that, how that pays off. It's going to pay off in people thinking that their fellow Americans are violent and terrible. They're, they're racist, they're all KKK members. And that is really disgusting because the vast, 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 vast majority of Donald Trump supporters are not any of the things that Tavis Smiley just says. It doesn't matter. This is the meme the media is going to push. Now, a lot of Trump supporters today are saying, well, they tried that on Trump and it failed. They tried that on Trump and if they keep trying it on Trump, it'll continue to fail. I don't think that that's true. I think it has to be forcibly debunked. Here's Whoopi Goldberg making the same case. This was a white lash. This was a white lash against a changing country. It was a white lash against a black president in part. And that's the part where the pain comes. And Donald Trump has a responsibility tonight to come out and reassure people that he is going to be the president of all the people who he insulted and offended and, and, and brushed aside. Okay, so that was Van Jones rather. Whoopi Goldberg, of course, agrees. Al Sharpton making the same case, the despicable race baiter Al Sharpton, who is just one of the most vicious people in American life and has been for 30 years. This man's going to be president. And all that now? many of us have fought for all our life is at stake. And we're not going down without a fight. Donald needs to know that. It's, it, it, it's been built up all his life. I mean, is Donald Trump going to restore slavery and segregation? Is Donald Trump going to restore Jim Crow? It's a bunch of hooey. It's an absolute bunch of hooey. Uh, and, and this is what the media is pushing because the media want the fight. Now, again, I think the Republicans are taking it a little easy here because they're thinking, okay, it's the day after the election, two days after the election, and this stuff is debunked. I mean, they've tried this on him and it failed. So it'll, it'll fail again if they try it again. I don't think that's exactly right because the demographics are shifting against Republicans as they do in each and every election. The white percentage of the vote is going down from 70 to 68. The Hispanic percentage of the vote is going up from 11 to 15 percent next time. The black percentage of the vote is still going to be about 13, 12, 13 percent. And the millennial percentage of the vote is going to rise dramatically as well. So Republicans have to assume that they're actually running from a deficit in 2020. Uh, and that means that they're going to have to do a good job of forcibly rebutting this stuff. Good policy will go a long way toward pushing that. Good policy will do a lot for improving that, that notion. And that's why, listen, I'm prayerful that, that Donald Trump ends up enacting a lot of policies that I would like to see enacted. I'm grateful to, to God and the American people for giving him a Republican Congress, because I think Donald Trump with a Democratic Congress would have governed like a Democrat. I think Donald Trump with a Republican Congress may govern like a Republican, at least in large part. We'll get to that in just a second. So a lot of people are asking what happened in this election. And I think that we don't know the answer yet. We don't know the answer as to what policies were justified in this election. I think that it was a backlash, but I think it was a backlash against Barack Obama. I think it was a backlash against Americans being told they were racist, sexist, bigot, homophobes. I think it was a backlash against the idea that was put forth by Hillary Clinton that our moral superiors were the celebrities who surround us. Uh, I think that was the backlash. I think it has far less to do with policy, but just to give you an example of how this is a Rorschach test, Rush Limbaugh says that what really happened is that big government liberalism was told to go to hell. You couldn't have a more clearly defined reason for the Democrats losing yesterday and the Republicans winning than what we got. And God bless everybody involved for making it happen. It couldn't be any more crystal clear. There's nothing ambiguous about this at all. 
big government liberalism, whether people know it or not, was told to go to hell. Big Donald Trump. Donald Trump has espoused many big government programs in his in his victory speech. He immediately said his first program would be a massive infrastructure project. I, I noticed that a lot of conservatives are ignoring that conveniently as opposed to just pointing that out. And again, we hopefully he doesn't push lefty policies. But I think it's a mistake to pretend that big government. Li I, I'd be the first person to celebrate if I thought big government liberalism had been slapped in the face. I don't think that's right. Here's another theory. It's Ann Coulter saying that, that what really happened here. So, so you have Rush saying what, what happened last night is my agenda was justified. And then you have Ann Coulter saying, no, 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 no you, you're missing it. What happened last night is my agenda was justified. Here's Ann Coulter. Do you think it was more about jobs and Trump saying, look, I'm going to bring the jobs back to America, to, to working class guys again? Was it about immigration? Was it about Islamic it's terrorism? Part, or was it all of it? It's all part of the same thing, which is globalism versus nationality. Um, I mean, part of the trade deals are very important. We've lost so, our, the number of manufacturing jobs have been halved in the last 20 years. People don't know in this beautiful city, they don't know in San Francisco or Washington or L.A., but go out to America and people who used to have great jobs and their kids could look forward to futures better than theirs. Now it's good for Wall Street because they get to arrange the international deals, but it's terrible for the people who work here and dumping millions of low-wage workers on the country. Look at how awful it's been for the African-American Okay, so we can stop that. So, 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 she's, so she says right there that it's about immigration and trade restrictions. So it's the opposite of what Rush says. It's about we have to restrict legal immigration to the country, we can't be libertarian on immigration, and we also have to be harsh with regard to trade. Except the exit polls showed that most Americans actually weren't with Trump on a lot of his immigration plans. And when it comes to tariffs, that's probably true for a small percentage of people who are living in the Midwest, but most of them are probably operating off a different assumption, which is that just Hillary Clinton is bad news and we don't want her in the White House. So I think that this is, this is the issue. I think that what we're seeing here is that Trump is, a, is an inkblot. And we don't know what that inkblot is going to look like yet because he's not president yet. So once he's president, we'll have a better idea of what he's actually going to do. But people look at Trump and they project their hopes and dreams onto Donald Trump. They project their hopes and dreams onto Donald Trump. The danger in doing that, the danger in projecting what you want into Trump as opposed to as opposed to what he actually will be, is that it prevents a lot of people from saying, here's what he's doing that's good. And here's what he's doing that's bad. We've been saying all along, there's a good Trump, there's bad Trump. That's why we do good Trump, bad Trump. And we have been doing it for every day for nearly a year now. And we'll be doing it, I'm sure, for four years to come. The reason that we do that is because my job is not to project what I think Donald Trump is onto him. It's to reflect what Donald Trump actually is doing to you. That is my job. right? And I think that people get caught up in this. And here's the danger that I see coming up. And I hope, again, I hope that there's no opportunity for me to criticize Trump. I hope Trump's a wonderful president. I hope he, I hope he pushes every policy that, that, that conservatives want. I hope he pushes, he stops some of the ones that he wants to push. But there, there's, this, there's this movement now in the aftermath of victory. Victory creates a halo effect where it turns from a movement about ideas or it turns into an opportunity for it to be about ideas into follow the guy no matter where he leads. And I'd like to just cut that off at the past. Let's just cut it off right now and let's agree. If Donald Trump does good stuff, we will praise him to the skies. And if Donald Trump does bad stuff, we'll tell him that that's wrong and he should not do the bad stuff. The reason I say this is because I think that what's going to happen is a lot of the people who are potential critics are going to be targeted immediately by Trump's team. So Omarosa, you know, the, the rea again, another reality TV show star, she says that Donald Trump is keeping a list. 
In an alarming statement, Donald Trump surrogate Omarosa Monagalt stated that the president-elect's campaign is keeping a tally of those who did not support his run to the White House. Let me just tell you, Mr. Trump has a long memory and we're keeping a list. Monagalt, who serves as the campaign's director of African-American outreach, said while speaking to the Independent Journal Review, a conservative magazine, Monagalt, an ordained minister, suggested that the South Carolina Republican Lindsey Graham was an enemy and then stated, God bless. Stop it there. It's okay. So the bottom line is that there's a a, a list that that Donald Trump has. He's checking it twice. He's going to check whether you've been naughty or nice. Newt Gingrich basically says the same thing. He was on with Sean Hannity, uh, both of them drunk with jubilation. uh, And uh, and and Newt Gingrich is saying that anybody who didn't vote for Trump, they're all sniveling cowards, right? Now, my only point is, compared to all that, the little whiny, sniveling, negative cowards who were never Trumpers, are beneath our paying attention to them. Let them drift off into the ashbin of history while we go ahead and work with Donald Trump and with the House and Senate Republicans to create a dramatically new future. Okay, I'd love nothing better than to see a dramatically conservative future under President Trump and the House Republicans and the Senate Republicans. But the vindictiveness with which they're treating people who say that Trump didn't meet their standard in the in the primaries and in the general, uh, it does not bode well for people who are going to say later, you're not meeting our standard when it comes to policy. That's what I see that's troublesome. Now, hopefully that won't be the case. Hopefully all of us can unify around the idea that Donald Trump, now that he's president, regardless of whether you thought he'd make a good one or not, he's going to do things. Those things will either be good or those things will be bad. But it is our obligation to stand up when the things are bad. And, I, and so they say that, you know, they've got a list. Okay, well, I have my own list, and that list is the list of the promises that Donald Trump made. And if he doesn't keep those promises, I will hold him to account. And if he does keep those promises, I will praise him. When he does things that are conservative, I will praise him. I will criticize him when not. The only anger that I have in this election cycle at all is about the people who inflated what Donald Trump was because they wished to see in him something that he wasn't. Maybe I'm, I'm waiting to see what he becomes as president, and then we'll call it like we see it because that's our job. Okay, meanwhile, the media are realizing, and the, the media meltdown is delicious. We watched earlier Barack Obama faced with his doom, and he's chosen the form of his destructor, and it was Donald Trump. Uh, now we're seeing the media stare straight into the barrel of uh, the, the double-barreled reality of Donald Trump's presidency, and they are just losing their minds. Seth Meyers, the same guy who said once, you saw him on tape earlier in the show, uh, listened to him on tape earlier in the show. Seth Meyers, the guy who was joking, joking, joking Donald Trump would never be president. Here is Seth Meyers last night, and it is delicious. Well, that was a real grab in the <laughs> And... I'm sorry to use foul language like that, but last I checked, the Electoral College seems to be fine with it. (laughs) You know, we've been talking about Donald Trump on the show for 18 months, and one of the things I've tried to make clear over those 18 months is how I've been wrong about him at every turn. When he first came down the escalator at Trump Tower and announced, I boldly said on this show it was a stunt and he would never really run. I then said he would never win the GOP nomination, and I certainly didn't think he would be our next president. But the good news is, based on this pattern of me being wrong on every one of my Donald Trump predictions, he's probably gonna be a great president. (laughs) And that, that last part is fair, and I'm sort of in the same boat. And with regard to that, I hope, I hope that I'm wrong about him as, as a human being. But the, the media, that, that's less of a meltdown than some other members of the media. Joy Behar just lost her, I mean, she doesn't have much of a mind left anyway. But here's Joy Behar spilling whatever is left of her brains out through her mouth. 
people are worried, you know? Okay, he's the president, now what? We're watching you, okay? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what scares all the rest of you the most, is that not since George W. Bush has there been a White House, a Senate, and a, Con and a House of Representatives all from the same party. Mm -hmm. And then the FBI has stuck its uh, nasty little nose in the middle of this, plus the Supreme Court, who knows where that's going to go. So the only checks and balances we have are us, the view. That's it. Okay, yeah, the view is going to be the check and balance on, on Donald Trump's new administration. By the way, she's not even right, okay? The Democrats controlled the House and the Senate from 2008 to 2010. How does she think Obamacare became the law? Okay, so that's not even right. Nancy Pelosi was the Speaker of the House, and Harry Reid was the Senate Majority Leader. So she's not even right about that. The, what she's really saying is the only time I was ever worried about it is when it was Republicans. Trevor Noah, the most unfunny man who's named this by, by a panel of experts, the most unfunny man in America, uh, he, he lost his mind over the fact that, that Donald Trump is going to be the, the next President of the United States. Let's get straight into it. If this morning you finally woke up from a coma, well, you might want to go back. The most stunning upset in political history. It's Trump. Donald Trump will be the next president of the United States. You know, no matter how many times I hear that, it still doesn't seem real. It still doesn't feel real. I mean, look at the, this, this is the newspaper today. Look at that. Look at that. It looks, it, he can't hear you, it's a newspaper, it doesn't matter. Like, it looks like a joke from April Fools, you know? And even then, people are like, that's not a funny joke, man. This, this entire result is it's sort of like Trump's hair. I know it's real, but my mind can't accept it. It just, you know, because it, it looks like he's wearing his hair backward, like everything. Trevor Noah, most unfunny man in comedy. And you can tell the acceptance is, is slow to come. By the way, CNN now projects, you know, there's all the talk about Hillary winning the popular vote and Trump winning the electoral. Uh, CNN now projects that, that when all the votes are counted, Donald Trump will have won the popular vote as well. So there's a reason that Hillary conceded. So we, we don't have to have the idiotic arguments about whether we're getting rid of the Electoral College or not. It ain't happening. It was never happening. The media are beginning to come to grips with the fact that they have no clue what's going on. MSNBC was slamming the New York Times over their headline. This happened yesterday. Of this Look, story. At the headline. Look at the headline of this story. This is the day after. Look at it. A, a surprising sweeping underdog sweeping victory. And their headline is not disaffected Americans have a champion going to the White House or or the country votes for cha fundamental change. The headline's about how disappointed the friends who, of the people who run the New York Times are about what's happened. I mean, it's amazing. Democrats, students, it's amazing and to me that this is the headline of the New York Times. Face the reality of and a, not picking on this. the Times, but Look it's a great this. example. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> right. This is staggering. It really is more. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's, the, young, it's the onion. This shows that the editors of the New York Times, who I have the, I do, I have the greatest respect for them. They don't get it. This is this actually is about them. a Saturday night live skit. You went to a cocktail party the night before, and you decided to write like this it's and you know when when i thought trump had a chance to lose which i did i thought he had a chance to win it i said to liberals he's going to get 42 million votes 42 million people are going to vote for him what are they voting for and that the, the, this is their headline that's their if, news a, if a democratic candidate who was thought to but it said was had a 10 percent chance of winning by the New York Times that ended up winning and winning red states as Trump won blue states. I don't think that would have been the headline. No. And and I'll just say again, the 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 re, the responsibility of journalists 
is to not report on their biases. It's to go out and understand the country through the prism of the election. Okay, and, and that New York Post one is exactly right. Pundits, polls, politicians, the press, everyone was wrong. That is a far more accurate headline, although the picture of the woman in shock is pretty spectacular. Uh, but there, but MSNBC is exactly right there, and they're beginning to realize that they're totally out of touch with the rest of America. You know, I think that I, I, I think that I have a pretty good idea of what drove so many people to vote for Donald Trump, because most of them are my friends. I mean, virtually all my friends, despite my own perspective, most of my friends disagree with me on voting for Trump. Um, I, and as I said throughout the primaries in the general, I understand why people are voting for Donald Trump uh, for a variety of reasons. But the people at the New York Times have never met anyone who's ever voted for Donald Trump. So all they can do is report on their cocktail party friends. And that's one of the things that people were striking back at in voting for Donald Trump. OK, time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. So things I like. Uh, let's uh, there, there's a, a book that Andrew Clavin recommended to me. Uh, so it's two straight books Clavin has recommended. So it's, we know that we live in a new universe when Trump is president. And Clavin has recommended two straight things I enjoyed. Um, but uh, this book is, is the, it's called Flashman. Uh, that's that's in the name of the novel, Flashman. George MacDonald Fraser. It is a very, very funny book. Uh, it is basically about this British soldier of fortune writing his diaries at the end of his life. And his diaries are all about, like, what a scoundrel he is, what a jerk he is. Um, and they are a, kind of a tour through history. So he goes through, um, in this one, he goes through the, the British fight in Afghanistan, the British loss of Afghanistan. Uh, in, in other books in the series, he ends up at General Custer's Massacre. Um, and uh, it's, it's really funny stuff, really entertaining stuff. George MacDonald Frazier, the name of the book is Flashman. Okay, things that I hate. So this thing that I hate... This thing that I hate right here, it is it is one of the reasons why Donald Trump is the president-elect of the United States. And the, the president-elect of the United States is who he is because Hillary Clinton, instead of spending any time talking to people on the ground in places like Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, instead of her doing that hard work, instead of her talking to all those people, Hillary Clinton decided that it was much more significant to get a bunch of celebrities to do things for her, that if she just put out a bunch of celebrity memes— it's, it's like an old person's idea of what young people like. I'll get the young people out because I have Lady Gaga. I'll get the young people out because I have Katy Perry. I'll get the young people out because Elizabeth Banks cut another awful video. This is, a, this is a video that came out two days before the election or four days before the election, something like that, with Elizabeth Banks and a bunch of people on the left. Um, and uh, it's, it's a music video called Holy Bleep, You've Got to Vote. And this was Hillary's Get Out the Vote effort. Holy Bleep. You've got to vote. It's really it's really effing important. So holy effing bleep, you've got to go. We may not be geniuses, although we play them on TV. But we know we shouldn't let this man grab America by the Shouldn't let America grab really okay. So this is garbage, obviously. But the point is that Hillary thought that she could rely on celebrity. I mean, you want to know how celebrity really destroys the culture? This is how. So Hillary is a celebrity. She's a political celebrity. Barack Obama is a political celebrity. And then she uses actual celebrities to push her political celebrity. And then everyone is surprised when a celebrity decides to play a politician on TV and wins. Because it turns out that celebrity is attractive to people, but celebrities being celebrities is not attractive to people. No one is going to go out and vote because Elizabeth Banks tells them to go out and vote. It's just not going to happen. And it is amazing that they thought that this would be their greatest appeal. Like a bunch of people in Ohio were going to care about what the, the lady who, the, the lesbian lady from, the, from the, the parody movies of Christopher Guest, 
Like they're going to all, all the steel workers in Ohio are sitting around waiting to hear what Jesse Ferguson has to say about their vote. Like that's not how this worked. The 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 greatest chance that Republicans have of continuing domination is the fact that the left is so reliant on the celebrity culture they've built for themselves. Okay, time for the mailbag. So we do have a, a, a chock-full mailbag this week, as you might imagine. It is a, it is a, very, uh, it is a, a very full mailbag. Brian, Ben, in your formative years growing up in Los Angeles and being educated at Harvard, how did you survive as a conservative while deeply immersed in such liberal culture and influence? Thanks, Brian. Okay, so um, I think that my, my theory is that if you grow up as a conservative and you spend time in leftist areas and you remain a conservative, you're a stronger conservative, a more knowledgeable conservative. Um, and, uh, and that is the, and, and so I'm glad that I grew up in lefty areas. I'm glad that I went to lefty schools. It taught me what the left thinks and therefore how to fight them. Brett writes, Ben, who is your current pick to play in and win the Super Bowl? Uh, I have to admit that the, the election cycle has stolen all of my attention. I've, I've really not been paying deep attention, uh, to, to football this year. From what I understand, the Patriots are really good again. Uh, that is not a big shock. Uh, the, the Cowboys are supposed to be shockingly good uh, just because apparently it's that kind of year. Anyone who supports Donald Trump wins. I'm going to go with Tom Brady and Bill, and Bill Belichick win the Super Bowl again this year. Ashley says, I live near Houston, and recently a well-known bridge was tagged with hashtag no DAPL. I assume that's Dallas Police. And unfortunately, it's all over my Facebook. I've just done a small scan and found that the whole thing is not what the protesters or their supporters are saying. Do you think it's not national news because the Nets know they would have to show the protesters are dead wrong? So, first of all, I have to actually look up what that is. You guys have any idea what hashtag N-O-D-A-L is? Any ideas? No. Don't include things in the mailbag that no one has a clue what they're about. In any case, last I checked, Nodal is a, is a secretory protein that in Google that is encoded by the Nodal gene. Don't think that's what she's talking about. Uh, apparently... Uh, I'll have to look it up and get back to you because I do not know the answer to that one. Uh, I guess that I guess that it is the no, no Dallas Police Department. I guess that that's that's what they're going for, um, or rather, I'm sorry. This is about the the pipeline. It's about the pipeline. Uh, if it's about the, I don't know. Okay, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll, I'll figure. It, I'll get back to you. Uh, yet another thing that I have no clue what's going on this week. Okay, Nicholas says, "Hey Ben, love the show. Quick question: What steps do you think we need to take to get the national debt under control?" as well as the unemployment rate down. Well, the only way to get the national debt under control is to restructure entitlements. It's one of the areas where I think that a Trump presidency will not move the ball. Uh, Donald Trump has said he would rather expand entitlements uh, than, to, than to contract entitlements. I think that anybody who tried to pass entitlements under Trump, it would get vetoed. He thinks that it would, it would hurt his electoral prospects. Uh, plus, he doesn't care about the debt. I mean, it's clear that Trump doesn't care about the debt. All of his plans expand them. Uh, this is another one of those areas where conservatives should hold his feet to the fire. As far as getting the unemployment rate down, the only way to do that is to get rid of a lot of the regulations, lower the tax rate, and make it easier for businesses to do their work in the United States as opposed to moving overseas. Uh, it does not bring the unemployment rate down by any stretch of the imagination to tariff people or punish them for moving their businesses overseas. That's foolish. You have to make the businesses here more competitive, not make other businesses less competitive, because the fact is, if you make other businesses less competitive, I have to spend more of my money on those businesses, and then I can't spend it on the more competitive businesses in the United States, and we fall behind globally in multiple industries instead of just in one or two. Jared said, hey, Ben, any word on when you and Charlie Daniels are going to have a violent fiddle contest? You said you would. As soon as Charlie Daniels is up for it, man, I am up for it. Also, Hillary lost. I just love saying that. Yes, Jared. 
I love saying that too. It is spectacular. Like that is, I've been. It's been kind of a bipolar week in the sense that uh, I love the fact that Hillary lost, and I'm ambivalent about a Trump presidency, but I'm willing to give him a shot, and I deeply hope that he proves me wrong. Uh, but every time I say Hillary lost, the fact that I'm not going to have to listen to that that screeching harpiness for four years is glorious. It is glorious, spectacular. Uh, Josh says, hey, dear Ben, how much did your political views impact your relationship with your significant other? Uh, I think that the answer is that pretty pretty significantly, depending on whether you already have a significant other or not. If you already have a significant other, you're stuck. Do what you can to salvage the relationship. But if you're talking about dating, I've always said that you should you should date people who uh, who share basic worldview with you. Politics tends to reflect basic worldview, and because it tends to reflect basic worldview, people who share politics tend to get along better than people who, who do not share politics. And if that's a large area of your life you can't talk about, that doesn't make for, for a good political, uh, it doesn't make good for, for a particularly good marriage, in my view, long haul. There are exceptions, obviously, but I think that's, that's true as a general rule. That's a, there's also a difference between marrying somebody who's apolitical and marrying someone who has an opposite political view. Shannon writes, Ben, I'm currently taking a course regarding Gandhi and nonviolence. What are your thoughts on nonviolent social movements? Are they more impactful than violent ones? Thanks, Shannon. Okay, so the answer to that is that nonviolent social movements are more impactful in Western civilization, or at least in civilized countries. In civilized countries where we don't do violence to nonviolent protesters, nonviolent protests are deeply effective. Gandhi said that Jews should try to use nonviolent protests against the Nazis. That is stupid. That is really stupid. When people are barbarians, when people are evil— Nonviolent protesters just get mowed down. The resort to violence is the last resort of the civilized man, and that means that in a civilized world, you shouldn't have to resort to violence. Nonviolent protests uh, should be sufficient to get your message across and inform people of, of, of your viewpoint. Troy writes, how do conservatives gain any traction with minorities when it seems our arguments are either there is no problem or it is all your fault? Well, Troy, I think that the first thing that has to happen is clearly there is a problem. It's all your fault is not true. There are historic things that have happened that have put people in bad situations, but it's a combination of the fault of people who are making policy that is bad for folks who are in the inner cities and a combination of bad individual decision-making. And it's the same message. I don't think black people have to be treated any differently than white people when it comes to earning their vote. I think you have to overcome more because the Democrats and the media have done a wonderful job of casting Republicans as racist, awful people for so long. But... I don't. The, the pitch that I make to black voters is the same pitch that I make to white voters, and that is, your life is in your hands. People don't care enough to hold you down. Your job is to be an individual, decent human being. And then, if there are obstacles to your success that are in, that are unjust, tell me about them so I can fight them together. That's the way I think you win minority votes, white votes, every vote. Okay, Luke says, "Hey Ben, what is your opinion on Plan B birth control?" It seems like kind of a gray area in the pro-life, pro-choice debate. So plan B is based on the question of does life begin at conception or does life begin at implantation? Uh, so the so people like Newt Gingrich are in favor of plan B birth control or at least not opposed to it because they say that it's not abortion because the, the fertilized egg has not yet implanted in the wall of the uterus. I don't see why that's true. I don't see why the location of the fertilized egg is the most important thing. It is necessary to the sustenance of the embryo, but not sufficient to the sustenance of the embryo for it to be embedded in the wall of the uterus. But with all of that said, you know, Plan B is an abortion drug. It's a very early abortion drug, 
Um, but it is an abortion drug. And to treat it as anything less than that, to treat it as just another form of birth control like a condom, uh, is silliness. And th- there is a difference because obviously a condom, the, the egg has not yet been fertilized. Life has not yet begun. Uh, there has not yet been any conception. Joel says, why can't conservatives seem to put together shows that utilize comedy against leftists similar to how Stuart Oliver, Colbert and company wield it against conservatives? Well, first of all, Stuart is a very talented guy. Second of all, uh, you, you actually have to have a network that's, that's willing to broadcast kind of wry humor. Also, there's, an, there's a cultural assumption that conservatives are stupid. There's a cultural assumption that conservatives are just idiots. And Stewart and company play that to deep effect constantly. Half of John Stewart's show was play a clip of somebody, and then he just makes a face at the camera, and everybody laughs. That was literally half his show. Uh, and if Republicans do the same thing about Democrats, it doesn't work in quite the same way because Democrats are not to be laughed at. The first thing that you have to do if you're going to have serious political comedy uh, is you have to sort of decide what your angle is. It's very difficult when the when the public take Democrats more seriously than Republicans, and they typically do. It's difficult to have the baseline level of laughter that exists for a Democrat show. Um, that said, I think the, the other problem is that a lot of conservatives don't have senses of humor about politics. I think a lot of conservatives are, are very, very serious about their politics. Uh, and I think that a lot of people who are, who are political comedians are political first and comedians second. Uh, so Colbert and Stewart... Colbert's a perfect example of somebody who's political first, and you can see that in when he's not playing Bill O'Reilly. When he's playing Bill O'Reilly, he's very talented because it was comedy first, but as Bill O'Reilly, when he was doing Colbert Report, now that he does this show where he plays himself, he's political first and comedy second, and that's the equivalent of a lot of the things that I see from the kind of conservative humor community. Uh, Austin is asking on the on the on the live indoor uh, on the uh, live mailbag. He says, "Hi Ben, seeing how how Tuesday went, what what are your current thoughts on Cruz Cruz endorsement? Well, obviously it looks a lot better now that Trump won, right? I mean, now now that Trump won, Cruz looks like somebody with a viable political future because he looks like he jumped on the bandwagon. And if Trump won and does good stuff, then he'll be able to kind of bask in the glow of that. If Trump, by contrast, is not a very good president and gets thrown out on his butt in four years, then he looks bad again. That's how this that's how this game works." Um, let's see, Mark writes, um, hi, Ben, what would you do to straighten out issues, uh, with regard to Native American reservations? Well, I think the first thing is we have to offer more opportunity. We have to get rid of a lot of law that prevents people from leaving Native American reservations. There are all these laws. There's one in California, a terrible law, uh, is federal law, but it was applied in California where a little girl was adopted by a family outside a reservation. She had distant blood relations who were on a reservation, and they were able to take her away from her foster family that was wanted to adopt her and take her back to the Native American reservation. Uh, I don't think that's anything that's worthwhile. I don't think it's up to the United States government to act as anybody's enforcer of ethnic solidarity, uh, and I think that that's a mistake. All right, I think that's the that's the end of the mailbag, and that brings us to the end of the week. We'll be back on Monday. The election is over, gang. President-elect Donald Trump. President-elect Donald Trump. Wow, 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 wow. Um, and uh, we'll have much more to talk about, including the future of the country, and we'll see if President-elect uh, President, uh, President Trump has other funny things to do and say, and I have a feeling that good Trump, bad Trump will live on forever. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. <laughs> We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, 
Just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 